0: I'm Andy Murphy, and this is the Toasted Sister podcast, a show that's usually about Native American food, but I like metal and thrash music too. I got an interview with Alien Weaponry, a Maori thrash metal band from New Zealand. They are currently in the U.S. on a tour And in this piece, we're not exactly talking about food. And now I wish I would have talked to them about food. I'm just kicking myself right now. But I'd love to share this interview with you before their big show in Arizona. They'll be in Window Rock this Wednesday, October 16th at the Navajo Sports Center. And you'll hear about their special connection to the Navajo Nation in this interview.
1: Sweet. Uh, kia ora everybody, my name is Henry, I'm also known as Te
2: and I play drums for Alien Weaponry. Kia ora guys, it's Lewis here, um, I'm also known as Raurahi and I'm the guitarist and lead
3: vocalist for Alien Weaponry. G'day guys, my name is Bobby and I'm standing in on bass for Alien Weaponry for this tour
0: all right well thank you guys so much for joining us here at studio 49 in albuquerque and i know you guys are going to be playing uh later opening up for uh, black label society and you yep. guys are on your u.s tour uh tell me a little bit about how the tour has gone so far go ahead
1: yeah i mean so far we've had a really good experience on this tour like all the all the guys from all the crews and all the bands are super friendly um you know we've been playing some really cool shows um like definitely, the audiences have been have been pretty pretty into it. I think I think we've got a good crossover with this crowd.
0: And um, uh, I just heard about your first um, headlining tour here in the US was in Gallup, New Mexico. Um, tell me how that happened and what the significance of that show was.
2: So that show actually came about. Um, we were actually on tour with Ministry, and the laws in Utah didn't allow us to play the show in Salt Lake City. So we decided instead to play a show in Gallup, New Mexico for the Navajo Nation. And um, we honestly, we didn't really know what to expect and we were completely blown away. The place was packed out and everyone, it was probably the easily the loudest crowd we've ever had. Like yeah. the crowd was louder than all the PA and shit. Like, oh, am I allowed to swear? I'm sorry if I'm not. <laughs> That's okay, we can bleep that out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. Problems I like to. Problems of being a New Zealander,
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it just comes out.
0: Yeah, I like to I like to always say that um, you know Navajo Nation um, has has a real big heart for metal music and rock music. It seems like every other family, every other you know little neighborhood in Navajo Nation has like a, a very well loved, well known um, you know metal band or rock band that's playing like here and there all over the place on the reservation. Mm. So um, it's cool that 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 uh, that connection was made. Um, but um, you know what what are some of the maybe um, difficulties? difficulties? difficulties i guess being away from home playing here for an audience that might not that very likely does not speak the language
1: um i mean i guess part of it for us is you know we're coming over here we're speaking maori which yeah not everyone knows it but they can very easily find out you know what we're talking about what what we're all about as a band and You know, for us, it's, I guess, a way of making people interested in it. You know, kind of that whole, I guess, mystery behind the fact that you don't understand the language makes it much more intriguing for a lot of people. So, you know, then they go and look at the lyrics and they actually pay attention to the stories and the things we're saying in the songs. And so, I guess, in the end, it, it makes people pay a lot more attention to what we're talking about.
0: And what are some of the messages and (coughs) stories within the songs for people who might not be familiar with alien weaponry?
2: I mean, we talk about a lot of different stuff. I mean, anything from battles that happened a long time ago to, like, social anxiety. Like, basically, we write about things that we feel passionate about. Yeah. I mean, most of our
1: Maori stuff is definitely to do with, like, colonization period in New Zealand so that I mean you know I feel like um we have we have been picked up um you know quite well by a lot of like you know native people in different countries and it's like it's really cool to see people like vibing with that and like kind of seeing you know I guess their stories and our stories and yeah that's it's really cool to be able to, like, bring that over here and have people relate to that on the other side of the world, you know?
0: Yeah, my, my first exposure to alien weaponry was the music video, um, Kai Tangata."
1: Oh, and, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I had no idea what the lyrics are about, don't know what the song was about, but <laughs> um, just saw the imagery there and, you know, the the native men in there and, you know, all of that and it was just so powerful. I immediately became a fan. Um, tell me a little bit about that music video. What is that song about and what are you trying to tell audiences, you know, with with uh, showing them that, that intense battle?
1: Um, so yeah, that I mean that song is kaitangata is actually the word that's used for a kind of an ancient battle uh, ritual, I guess. Um, when Māori used to fight their enemy, after the battle they would they would eat their enemy to as, as a form of disrespect. Um, and I mean that's that's. The title of the song that's that's the meaning there the the actual song is talking about uh when he went he went to england and got a whole bunch of stuff gifted to him from king george came back sold everything bought muskets and then went to take revenge on all his enemies so it's about that kind of period where muskets had just been introduced in new zealand and you know there was one tribe with them and it's kind of it was a very brutal time in New Zealand history and uh, actually one of the people that he took revenge on was our family
2: I mean, every song's different, um, but honestly, most of our Māori stuff is a collaborative process. I mean, Henry's definitely the most fluent in speaking te reo Māori, Um, so usually we'll talk about an idea we want to write about, um, and we'll kind of plan it out, and Henry will kind of help with you know, translating it all into Māori because some things don't translate. Yeah, Lewis, straight Lewis from is English a much better lyric writer than me, but. A lot of the English stuff is written by me, but also Henry writes yeah, some I've, of the songs. Yeah, I've written one of the songs.
0: Yes um, the difficulties of uh being in a band I, I, I saw on social media that um your other bandmate had to finish school oh right but yeah that, that's right that's one of the difficulties what What are some of the the other difficulties I guess of being on the road?
2: I mean, to be honest with you, you're kind of squished in to like a little aluminium tube and you kind of have to live in super close quarters with people for months on end and yeah well it's a rolling (laughs) tube of farts isn't it yeah basically (laughs) basically like yum yum (laughs) you know people people get annoyed at each other over silly things just because of the fact that you know we're all slightly uncomfortable that's the way bobby put it we're all slightly uncomfortable and you know you spend. Too much time with someone, then you start to get mad at them. Little stupidish. things
3: that, yeah, little <laughs> things that shouldn't annoy each other do annoy each other. Like just tiny little. And every band deals with the same. Let band. me
2: play Skyrim, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, Bobby, what was it like for you to prepare to um, play with um, Alien Weaponry on this part of the tour?
3: Well, I mean, if I could go back, I mean, I met these guys in Slovenia last year um, when my own band and, there, and Alien Weaponry was playing at a festival uh, called Metal Days mm. and um, we all got along really well and then from that we stayed in touch. We played a tour in Australia and New Zealand together um, and then um, Ethan had basically said that he would like to finish his schooling which is fair enough and actually a good decision on his behalf. Um, so they just reached out to whoever they kind of knew. And I guess I wasn't the first person that they. No,
1: no, you were. That they reached out to. Because we were thinking, oh, it'd be good to have a, have a New Zealander. And then. You Which know, I appreciate All these, all these as well. New Zealanders. New Zealanders are hard to organise. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're bloody useless, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, you yeah. were. Actually, you were like one of the first thoughts. We were just like holding off. We
3: were like, ah. Oh, He's got another band, you know. Yeah. Thanks, guys. No, but... Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and learning the songs... Um, I mean, I've, I've played in a lot of different bands and learning the bass parts wasn't too difficult. Um, but learning the the pronunciation of the words was the thing that got me. I mean, I, I'd i not ever been forced to speak another language my entire life except German, I guess, because we spend a lot of time in <laughs> Germany. And I struggle through that. <laughs> but... Um, learning moldy is, uh, it, it's, it's really nice. And there's a lot of passion behind the, the words and, and the, the the haka that we do on stage and things like that. It's really, like, I, I'm really into it. And I, I mean, when I met these guys at Metal Days in Slovenia, I was instantly stoked to be, you know, even be aware that they exist. So, I mean, it's cool. It, Cheers, bro. It's cool to it's cool to be on stage and like you know one third of the performance now. I definitely don't take it for granted. So um, yeah, and I mean learning learning the parts was definitely um, something I'd never done before. So I needed to spend a bit more time learning those vocal parts. But okay. no, it was it's. I mean, I'm stoked to be a part of it. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, anything that um, um, you learned, just maybe about the culture or about history, um, from having to learn the lyrics and learn these songs.
3: Well, I mean, we have we have Neil in the tour bus, who's uh, Henry and Lewis's father. And he is a man filled with stories. So you can just sit there and he'll oh, tell yeah, your he, bedtime story. He stories. doesn't stop talking sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, it's like a history lesson every day. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of things that I've learned since being on the road with these guys.
0: Okay. And um, what's, um, you know, you guys have been pretty much all over the, the world, um, touring all over the world. Uh, what's maybe one of the most surprising places you've been at? Um, what's um, uh, maybe a, a stage that just like really blew you away a stage.
1: Um, I um, mean you know we've, we've done some really out there shows like I mean we we did a show this year in the Czech Republic you know like right out Eastern Europe we did Poland as well you know so it's, it's always interesting to go and see you know places like that like places out in Eastern Europe there, there's a pretty dramatic change actually between Central Europe and Eastern Europe and um, yeah I mean we got to play up in like Iceland and well sorry not Iceland, we didn't in, play in, Iceland. in Denmark and <laughs> and uh, in Finland so that was that was cool and I mean um, actually earlier this year we we had the privilege of being able to play in Mexico City which was really cool as part of Domination Metal Fest, which is I think that
2: was one of the craziest crowds we had as well. Yeah, yeah, like
1: mental down there. (laughs) So um yeah, I mean it's gonna be cool and I think um you
2: know, Window Rock, I've got good expectations for that show. I think the um the Navajo the the Gallup New Mexico show we played. Yeah. Um last year was one of the highlights. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I saw videos of that, that was sick.
1: Yeah, dude. Like, like I mean, like <laughs> Where, you said, like- the crowd was louder than the PA. So yeah, there was only like four hundred people in that room.
3: Yeah, <laughs> mental.
0: Yeah, um, and you guys are returning to Gallup. Next month, right?
1: Yeah, we are. Mm -hmm.
0: That's the 16th, I hear. I
1: do believe so. I can double check. have
0: to double check that. But, uh, you know, rock and and metal has, you know, a certain sort of um, therapy within it. Um, You know, at least that's what I get from a lifetime listening to rock and metal myself. Um, You know, but, uh, you know, how important do you think it is telling uh, indigenous stories or in telling your story in this genre here?
2: Well, I guess my thinking is if you don't, you know, keep the culture alive by, you know, talking about it, writing songs about it, letting people know, you know, what happened in the past, people are just going to forget, you know. I mean, a lot of New Zealanders only found out about, you know, some New Zealand history because of us. They're like, we actually, they never knew that, you know, for example, Ahika, what happened with the people at Bastion Point, Point, you know, a lot of people don't know about that, but when we wrote that song, a lot of people were kind of like, oh shit, we had no idea that this happened, you know.
1: So, and you were right. It's the 16th, October 16th, playing Window Rock.
0: All right, Window Rock. We're at, What what, is it at the Nakai Hall?
1: Uh, <clears throat> I can check that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's loading. It's loading. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, uh, <laughs> it's at the Navajo Sports Centre.
0: The Navajo Sports Centre, okay. Uh, let's go back a little bit. Uh, tell me about the beginnings of the band. How did you guys start? How did you guys come together? I know two of you are brothers.
1: Uh, yeah well it's me and Lewis that are brothers uh-huh. So if we're not fighting we're finishing each other's sentences
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's and a good way to put it Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it is I don't know like it's something I just noticed
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah so me and, me and Lewis are brothers um, And I'll forget the rest of the question now <laughs> um, yeah, how did Basically
2: you start? I think me and Henry both grew up in a very creatively-minded household, you know. Our dad was a musician. He played guitar. He was in multiple bands. Um, My grandmother was a painter, um, I guess, yeah. We we grew up kind of different, kind of creative, and, yeah, we kind of just started jamming, like, like as kids, you know. We just kind of went into the lounge and picked up the guitars. Well, I
1: think... You became kind of obsessed with guitar at about age three, didn't yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, he he couldn't get enough of Stevie Ray Vaughan. So he was like,
2: "I want to get down." He's the reason that <laughs> my guitar playing exists.
0: Yeah. Um, wh- who are some of your other uh, music inspirations?
2: I mean, a lot of our fans already know this, but Lamb of God mm-hmm. is a huge inspiration for massive. I think me and Henry. Um, honestly, I mean,
1: as of late, like Gojira have been like a big influence for me. I guess as far as metal goes, uh, we we both listen to a lot of like out of genre stuff as well. So I mean, I listen to a lot of like drum and bass and and like dubstep, rap me too, and a stuff. Bit. Um, Lewis loves reggae. I do love reggae, but mm-hmm. you know he's big on us reggae. When I was
2: growing up, Pink Floyd was a you know, I used to look up a to Pink David. Pink Floyd's still a thing, man. Oh, I love Pink Floyd. Can't <laughs> get enough of him. Um, but yeah, honestly, good music is good music. Yeah. And yeah, Gojira, all all the... Uh, I'm, I'm literally choking on my own sentence. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Someone
0: sure save yeah. me. <laughs> and what about you, Bobby? Some of your music inspirations. <laughs>
3: um, I listen to uh, a lot of metal, I would say. Um, but mostly... The kind of extreme or technical types of metal um, the death metal mode. well not death <laughs> not so death, much yeah. but like more it's ex- like prog more stuff, extreme yeah. types of prog um, bands like Meshuggah was one of the uh, I guess footpath bands that got me into uh, that that yeah. genre. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's basically just a bunch of underground bands that if I rattled off names, no one would even <laughs> <laughs> know. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah I mean, one, mate. Uh, I mean, I listen to the Dali Thundering concepts quite a bit. They're a French band, um, and they make some cool stuff. But, I mean, there's other bands that are probably more popular than that, like Periphery or The Contortionist. Um, I've been getting into North Lane lately. North Lane's an Australian band. Um, right. that do some cool stuff as well mm-hmm. but yeah it's whatever tickles my fancy I yeah and Bobby said over there
1: sugar. I mean as far as drums go like I've been really getting into sugar just just for the drumming lately like at, at least trying to play the drums from from their tracks I think probably makes you a better drummer
3: yeah they're not a terribly melodic band. No. <laughs> but
1: they're they're all rhythm based. I yeah. mean even the guitars are percussion instruments. They yeah, basically. a no, great
3: band.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to look up some of those cool. some of those that you all mentioned. Um so so you know that that first maybe like song you guys played together. What was, what was that like? And um you know what was that like, like first gig like for you guys?
1: first gig for like us three in the room here the first yeah,
0: time you yeah.
3: guys played 80 mile an hour kid <laughs> 80 <laughs> mile an hour 100
2: kid. mile an hour you, nah. you're bloody wrong right eh, mate? <laughs> miles, <laughs> you mate. just mashed two of our old <laughs> sh- songs together I don't <laughs> know them that well <laughs> <laughs> okay. honestly our first gig that we got money for was basically in a dodgy nightclub in basically the red light district of Auckland, yep. which is the big city. Um, so we were like ten and twelve at the time, and yep. our parents were with us. And yeah, you know, we we saw the how, how many funny, funny, funny like dressed four? woman walking a, along the yeah. footpath. And yeah, yeah. Lewis, Lewis like, went outside. <laughs> what and are and those, those like, things? <laughs> there's a woman yeah. that
1: looks like a man walking down the street, and it's like, yeah, it's a man, man.
2: <laughs> so, so, uh, you're your on okay, K Road yeah but yeah we got paid 50, 50 bucks 50 mate. bucks which is probably like didn't what, even cover gas it's there. probably like 25 to 30 US dollars mm-hmm, okay. for a gig um <laughs> we were stoked man we were so happy that we got yeah, money I, to play I think play we played maybe. the same four songs about five
1: times six people showed up yeah. <laughs> it was great yeah no, these two women just came in and were like making out in the corner while we played and it was like kind of strange we were like what? what's going on
0: are these well, those people actually here
1: to watch us or are they just here that's one way to be introduced into this yeah series. I mean yeah, you mate. know what a gig right what a gig yeah
0: are are some of those six people still your fans today? Um, I think one of <laughs> them worked
1: at <laughs> Real. Real Groovy Records or something. You know, mm-hmm. know, she came up afterwards. She was she was like, oh yeah, you guys are pretty good, and then proceeded to leave.
0: Little did she know. <laughs> 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 joke's on you Groovy <laughs> Records <laughs> it's,
1: They're a big company In New Zealand Oh really? Yeah, yeah they're, like, they're like The biggest if you, um, Record store if that's, they wanna, They're the only Record store That sells just vinyls I guess the joke's Still on Alien Repery then Yeah Damn.
2: Yeah. I think they stock We're out pretty sure they do stock our vinyl though oh, okay cool yeah so <laughs> yeah like, little shout out
3: to groovy records yeah, yeah. Ch- real ch- groovy real groovy they records, are real groovy, man. Real groovy.
0: <laughs> cool so um you know listening to uh the new album two Um, I hear, there's a couple of songs, I I forget which ones, but um, there's a couple of songs where there's like this whirling sound. It sounds like something's going around really fast. Yeah, and that that that. reminds me of, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Apache Crown Dancers. Yes,
1: Mm, a little bit.
0: Yeah, the, the, sometimes they call them Apache devil dancers, but right. um, yeah. you know they're they're, they're ceremonial. They're um, they're for celebration. They're for blessings, but they look you know pretty intimidating and mm. kind of scary. Yeah. I know us mm-hmm. as Navajo kids when they're coming down the parade or like in the room, you just like scream and try to run away because they're really <laughs> intimidating and scary looking. But um, they have this thing that they whirl around really fast, and it sounds exactly like that. And that's it's the connection. It's probably I a made.
2: similar. Con- concept
0: yeah tell me about it
2: a flat blade like piece of wood yep pretty much the same thing it's called a purerehua and um i'm pretty sure they used it as a like a yeah well they like a communicating tool for
1: uh, war there was there was several uses for that i mean partially it was said to bring rain Mm -hmm. Um, it was also yeah used to signal during battle because it's a very hard sound to identify like where it's coming from. It's got a lot of so, low
2: frequencies. Yeah, a lot of low frequency.
1: Along so them. you can't necessarily pick out exactly where it's coming from, you know. So yeah, it was a very good signalling tool, and yeah, it's the sound is now associated with. I guess New Zealand wars and, and battles of you know, kind of the eighteen hundreds periods.
2: It's kinda yeah. used as a bit of a spooky, kinda like something bad's gonna happen if you hear that's yeah. I don't know if that's Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah you know, that, that that's one thing that um immediately popped up in my head when I heard it. But um was there any specific song that you'd like to maybe highlight in this radio piece here?
2: Well, we do have a more recent song that we wrote called Ahika Car's
1: um, a good one. I love it's I love groovy. hearing that one. It's, it's nice got a good groovy. groove to it. It's fun to play. <laughs> yeah. What's that one? Yeah, about? real fun. Um so that is about uh pretty much Bastion Point in New Zealand, so that's quite near Auckland. Pretty much the, the Queen was visiting New Zealand in the fifties in nineteen fifty three actually and uh the local Auckland council decided that the Māori village down at Bastion Point in Orkahu Bay there um, didn't look that nice. And so their solution was not to tidy it up but instead they evicted everyone and burnt the village to the ground and then put them all in state housing and made them pay rent. So. Pretty much. Um forced the community into poverty. Yeah. You know, ruined a lot of people's lives. Um it still hasn't really been compensated for at all. And um so pretty much, yeah, that song is about the injustice there and the dispossession sorry, of land as well. Yeah, that dispossession of land and the you know, the just the horrible, horrible stuff that happened and the fact that it was just swept under the rug.
2: This was in the 1950s, by the way. So not yeah. that long it that ago. Long. It's not you even know. 100 years ago. So you guys' yeah. grandmas would have been around Yeah, at that time.
0: Yeah. Is there um, any, any other issue, maybe a specific Maori issue or indigenous <laughs> issue you'd like to bring to light in maybe a future album or future songs?
1: Um, yeah, well, I mean, you know, we talk a lot in this album about, uh, like... You know land confiscation and and you know theft of i guess maori resources and and property and and things that i guess uh, are very valuable to our culture and um you know there's definitely a lot of other issues that we could be covering you know there's there's you know i, I guess a, a lot more political issues even that we could be covering you know there's a lot of Uh, stuff going on with politics at the moment, well not at the moment but there has been um, quite recently You know, uh, we've got special seats in parliament for Māori and then there's some people who really don't like that so um, that is definitely an issue that we could be talking about in future but I guess we'll just see where we're going with that and we'll come out what we with what we come out with yep. <laughs> are yeah. you guys
0: working on a new album or an EP
2: we are planning on it
1: yeah <laughs> I mean we've got, we've got the two singles at the moment um, but yeah the plan is once we get back from the US we're going to start writing again for
2: our next album
0: cool is there anything else you'd like to tell our US audience our US native audience
2: listen to our music please Stay yeah.
1: true to yourself. And if you guys already do listen to our music, thank you very much. We absolutely love you guys, and we hope to see you at some of the shows so we can give you guys like hugs and stuff.
0: All right, and uh, just just um, my personal curiosity, wh- who does um, some of your art for the like the album cover and then like the merch?
1: Um, so the guy who does the artwork for all of our stuff, um, his name is Barney Beerwick. And he is Scottish, I believe. Scottish, but he lives in New Zealand. He, yeah, he lives in New Zealand. Um, he did, yeah, he did a lot of work for Maiden when they came to New Zealand. Um, so he's he's real good with uh, his artwork and stuff. Uh, the The face on the album cover is actually modeled off his face. So he took photos of his face and then made a a three D like clay model. Okay. And then sculpted it, it. Tweaked it, and obviously. Put the, put the helmet and everything on, and then.
2: He doesn't look like that in real life, guys. Spoiler. Sorry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, our Damn it. That's
0: cool yeah, our,
1: our artist is not a war god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. that That's so cool. All right. But yeah, yeah, he's
1: a real cool dude, really
2: talented, and. Um, yeah. True.
0: Alien weaponry. Where does that name come from?
2: So, Alien weaponry was a name that we came up with after watching a movie called district nine um and basically you know the movie has aliens in it and it's got alien weaponry in it and me and henry were like eight and ten when we saw that movie and we just we just thought that that was a cool and unique band name and i guess that kind of stuck um and i guess it is still kind of a cool and unique band name
1: yeah well, and that- it kind of has relation to, you know, introductions to, of, of muskets into New Zealand in, like, the 1850s. Well, was 1830s, actually. Yeah, um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a double meaning now, which was purely unintentional. It works.
0: That was Alien Weaponry. I went to their concert last month and they put on a really good show. You don't wanna miss them when they come to your town. You can find the band on social media for tour dates and find the music wherever you listen to music. Permission to play Alien Weaponry songs on this podcast was given by Napalm Records. The intro music was Holding My Breath and the outro song is Teata. Check out 56 other Toasted Sister episodes in the archive. They're all about Indigenous food. And get your hands on the zine, Imminent Cuisine, Indigenous Food Futurisms, and some Toasted Sister stickers. They are all at ToastedSisterPodcast.com. Toasted Sister is supported by the Kiwanek Broadcast Corporation. It plays on the Navajo Technical University's radio station, KCZY. And on the river, that's R I V R, Rising Indigenous Voices Radio. I'm Andy Murphy, the host, creator, and producer. We'll see you next time.